We'll continue with what Randall has started as we work through varied passages and chapters in the book of Psalms. Uh, we'll be in Psalm 107 this morning, so if you have a Bible, if you turn there, if you open it, it's, you'll probably be pretty close. It's in the Old Testament. Um, if it's on your phone, I'll just trust, like Lorena, that you're looking it up. And not on Instagram, taking a selfie, posting, here I am at church, look at me. I'm going to do things a little different for me. Typically, I like to do a little deeper dive or a lot deeper dive. And because uh, for one, I think it's good that we understand that regardless of how old we are, how long we've read the Bible or studied the Bible or walked with Christ, there's always more to be learned. We can always get deeper. We can always go deeper. Um, the danger with that is then for those who preach or teach that way, if that's not how your mind works, it's not how you're bent, you mean to think, well, I haven't had the schooling or I haven't read that or haven't done that, so I'll just come and let so-and-so do that. And I don't. And so this morning, in Psalm 107, I'm going to read the entire chapter. 43 verses, it doesn't happen often because time is a limiting factor. And rather than doing the deep dive, I'll just make some observations. Throw out some application and trust you, trust the Holy Spirit to do the rest in hopes that maybe there'll be some here that, you know, I can do that. Um, it's not hard. It takes a little time. But uh, I'm reminded of, and I've been reminded because I'm talking to Randall, I think, I think he's reading the Metaxas book on Bonhoeffer, which is a, talking about your deep dive. So that's jumping into the deep end. And uh, that's like teaching a cat to swim in the deep end is what it is. It, but I recommend it. Uh, it would be well worth your time to read that book, the, the biographies of Diedrich Bonhoeffer. But one of the things that, that, that he said that has stuck with me ever since I read it in there was when he came to the realization that when he picked up the Word of God to read it, it was a life-changing experience when he picked it up with the mindset that this is God's word to me for today. So it's not just Sunday morning when you come and, and whoever it is up front, Pastor Randall primarily right now, telling me what I need to think. We're called as followers of Christ when we pick this up, hopefully on a regular basis. We come to it expectantly. We come to it with the understanding that this is God's word to me for today. And so in Psalm 107, let's, let's just begin reading. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. 
for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. And we'll stop there because these three verses set the stage for what's about to follow. These three verses are why the next four groups of people that we're going to see turn where they turn. This explains why we look to God. This explains why we turn to him. Because he, the Lord, is the one who redeems. He is the one who gathers. He is the one who is good. And he is the one whose steadfast love endures forever. And so in verse 4 through 9, we meet the first of four groups or first of four kinds of people, types of people who are experiencing hard times. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. This first group of people, some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. And as I read this, I see, you know, there are some folks who just have a hard time finding a place where they fit. And maybe that's where you are. As you look around, and oh, I'm not really here, and I'm not really there and I'm not where do I turn where do I go where can I be myself and for the follower of Christ that is kind of a given because Ephesians 2.19 and Hebrews 11.13 tell us that we are Aliens and strangers in a foreign land. This is not our home. You know, we're passing through. It's like me at Walmart. I'm just in and out. I don't really want to be here. But this goes beyond that. You know, sometimes it's because we're new to an area. And there's any number of folks in our community, you're new to town, you're new to the state, you're, maybe you're just new to Bethesda, and where do I fit, and where do I go? But you notice where they turn. And I know it's Mother's Day, and we all want to turn to Mama if possible, but um, these folks, they 
turn to the Lord, not mom, not dad, not son, not daughter, not whoever. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. And so if that describes you right now, I just don't know where I fit. I just don't feel like I fit. I've never felt like I fit. Turn to the Lord. Quit looking for somebody or something to fill that. Look to the Lord, to the one who redeems and gathers. To the one who is good. To the one who, who's steadfast love endures forever. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it's the verse right after probably the most misinterpreted verse in all of scripture. If not there, it's in the top five. But Jeremiah 20, and that's a sermon for another day. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. So seek the Lord. Turn to the Lord. Look to him. If that's where you're at, look to him. Allow him to provide your deliverance. Allow him to satisfy your longing soul. In verse 10, we see the second group of people in this chapter. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness in the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. The first group, you just feel like you don't fit. The second group, they're having a hard time because they put themselves in a tight spot. Some of us have been there. Some of us are there. All of us know folks who have put themselves there, but it's our choices, our decisions. We've just done things that have led to hard things. And for some, you live with this sense of heavy regret. If only I could go back. Some of us live with the emotional, even physical reminders of your sinful past. And every day you carry a load that you've packed yourself by the actions and decisions you've made. And the consequences of these past choices, these past decisions, they don't only weigh heavy, but they just seem impossible to bear. 
but where do you turn? Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness in the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. You turn to the Lord who redeems. You turn to the Lord who gathers. You turn to the Lord who is good. You turn to the Lord whose steadfast love endures forever. And in doing that, you also own your past. Take responsibility for it. Own it. It's part of growing up. It's not a popular thing in our culture and our society. It's easier to blame somebody else. Well, I did this because, well, maybe. You still did it. Turn to the Lord. Own your past. Confess it. And cry out to the Lord in your trouble. Ask him to help you walk through this. Help you carry the consequences. By grace, we've been called to live in freedom, not to live in the past, not to live encumbered by all the things that I woulda, coulda, shoulda, didn't, or did do. We're called to cry out to the Lord and have him deliver us and walk us through by his grace. He shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. As his follower, we don't have to live as a slave to our past. He's forgiven that. He's offered grace. And he calls us to live in it. In verse 17, some were fools through their sinful ways. And because of their iniquities, suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds and songs of joy. Some were fools through their sinful ways. We've got another group of folks here. We see them described in Romans chapter 1. Um, you pursue a life. You pursue a lifestyle. You pursue what you think brings you happiness, even though it's contrary to the word of God. And I'm going to do this thing and pursue this thing and chase this thing because I'm finding fulfillment and meaning. And you've come to that point where all of a sudden, it doesn't. And it no longer brings that sense of joy or fulfillment that it wants to. It just leaves you empty and longing and controlling and despised. These are folks whose lifestyle has left them miserable. 
It's those whose sin has turned them into fools, seemingly incapable of making a good decision. Sin does that. It cripples our ability to make good choices and you get far enough down that road and and we know it, we see it around us. If you live long enough, you know folks like this. Maybe you've been this person where it just seems like every decision I make is just a dumb one or a poor one or a bad one. Sin has turned you into a fool. You've exchanged the truth of God for a lie. In Isaiah 5, the prophet says, Woe to you who call evil good and good evil. So where do you turn when you find yourself weighed down? Where do you turn when you find out that nothing is working and my life is just miserably hard? You cry out to the Lord in your trouble. And he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destruction. You know, the first group of people, you can say, well, they're just kind of there. Maybe it's by their doing, maybe it's not. These next two, it's like, well, you made those choices. You've pursued these things. But you turn to the Lord who redeems and gathers. Own your part in it. Own your past. Your willful, chosen life of sin. And then humble yourself. Submit to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. In the book of Proverbs, over and over and over and over and over that four or five overs there's 31 chapters times any number of over and overs we see the wise man and the fool contrasted the fool is marked by his pride and his arrogance the wise man is marked by his humility his willingness to humble himself before God If you find yourself in this third group, humble yourself as you turn to the Lord. Humble yourself as you own your past. In verse 23, some went down to the sea in great ships doing business on the great waters. And they saw the deeds of the Lord and his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to the heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and they were at their wits end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still and the waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when the waters were quiet and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. 
Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. This fourth group of folks, they're just living life. They're just going about their business. It appears they're just good people, living good lives and working hard. They're taking care of their families. They're doing what they're called to do. And yet, things get really hairy, really scary. Channeling some inner Dr. Seuss there, maybe. I can't think of a third one. But life has just turned upside down and gotten difficult, out of control. And they're at their wits' end. The troubles in their life are simply a result of living in a fallen world. And it happens, and it gets difficult, and yet, like a storm, you know, we know wind, and we know rain, and we know snow. And if you're ever out in the water, I hope I never am when those three are happening. But being totally out of control, unable to control anything except me and barely that, because life is so difficult, so overwhelming, so uncertain, so scary. Where do you turn? You cry out to the Lord in your trouble and he will deliver you from your distress. You own your own stuff. Take responsibility. Maybe, maybe I have some part in this. I humble myself. But then I endure and I persevere and I plug on you press on in the face of it, you see it through, and you finish by God's grace and with his help. He has the ability, and he can make, and he will make the storm still and the waves of the sea hushed. Verse 33 through 43, the psalmist ties it all together. He, the Lord, turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water a parched land into springs of water. And there he lets the hungry dwell and they establish a city to dwell in. And they sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. 
By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. That sounds awesome, doesn't it, Jared? When they are diminished and brought low through opposition, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes, and he makes them wander in a trackless waste. But he, the Lord, raises up the needy out of affliction, and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. God acts, and he pours out his grace freely to bless those who honor and obey him, to bless those who turn to him, who humble themselves before before him, who persevere and endure with him. One of the things we notice, regardless of which group you're a part of, all cry out to the Lord and are answered in their distress. We're all in need of God's grace. Whether we're the good and responsible person, making good choices and following through and just getting whacked by life. Or whether we've willfully chosen to do what we know is wrong and pursued that until there's only one place left to be, and that's at the end of our rope. All have cried out. All are in need of God's grace. All are in need of a Savior. We're all in need of deliverance. And none of us have the ability to save ourselves. And on the other hand, not on the other hand, the other end of the spectrum where God is at, how does he respond to all who humble themselves and cry out? He responds by delivering from our distress. He extends grace and mercy He extends his goodness and his steadfast love which endures forever. God's response is the same. We don't earn it. We accept it. We receive it. In verse 42 and 43, the upright see it and are glad. Those who follow God, those who have turned to him, who are looking to him, they see his answer and we're glad. I hope if I were to ask you and say, Donnie, how have you seen God answer prayer? And whether it's this week or 10 years ago or 50 years ago, you're old enough to say 50 years ago, right, Don? 
You could say, this I've seen God answer prayer. The upright have seen it and are glad. And all wickedness shuts its mouth. There's no answer to it. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. So stop. Consider. Ponder. Meditate on what you've seen God do, how you've seen him act, how you've seen him respond, how you've seen him deliver. Remember that so when you are in the midst of needing that deliverance from your distress, he's done it before. I know he will do it again. Let's pray. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, as in boy.org or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.